note, for maximum picture quality, it may be necessary to adjust the tracking control on your VCR. It's so thick with snow in here, there's a blizzard and I can't quite see what's that in front of me. But I can hear something. I can what hear like the whirl, the whirl of a, of a projector, I think. Oh. And oh. some dulcet tones, some, some two friends rambling on about old movies. Oh. And uh, some lights, I see it. It's, lights? It's adjust your tracking. It's adjust oh. your tracking, Ollie. Ollie, oh my we're, god! We're back. Oh my, oh my god! I can't believe it. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I was wrong. Behind that, there were some sleigh bells, huh? a red Santa hat. It's not oh just no. your tracking, oh. Do you know what it is? is it it's just your tracking. Yes, and we're back. Welcome everybody to adjust <laughs> your tracking, where we're watching Christmas movies now and I again. Think as Blank Chet would say, that was a very, very, very sweaty intro. <laughs> Don't call me out. <laughs> <laughs> how you it doing? Was... Happy Christmas, Lena. How you Happy doing? Happy Christmas. I'm doing fantastic. Um, I actually hurt my ankle this week, so actually I'm not doing great. Oh, how'd you do <laughs> I that? Um, you slipped. I slipped. Well, I'm telling everyone I slipped on ice, which did happen, but... Yeah. Um, I first slipped down my stairs because <laughs> I got oh, excited no. for the doorbell. <laughs> I've been on those stairs. They're quite narrow stairs as well, so I can. They are, I can, yeah. So I can see how that would happen. I went. Did you actually down like two stairs? No, I only you like two. Because you've got. Oh, I was going to say because you've got the stairs and there's like another little bit that goes down towards the door. So you didn't like make a, a left-hand turn as you slid down the stairs, did you? <laughs> no. I literally just went bonk bonk down like two stairs and I was like ow my ankle hurts and I didn't actually pay attention to it and the next day because it'd been snowing here I went out in the the snow and the ice and clearly my ankle wasn't really good enough to be walking on and I slipped over some ice and really hurt it so it's been uh, been a lot of pain since then I've got a little ankle strap on um and it made me feel very old <laughs> to hurt my ankle I all I have to do is turn all I have to do is turn around in my sleep now my back seizes up or fucks up I'm like oh oh no <laughs> but apart from that yeah it's Christmas time it's Christmas um, time home wine. I mean uh, we <laughs> bought our Christmas tree today and we were quite worried about how because we've recently got a puppy uh, a little pug mix she's kind of like a jug so she's kind of got a bit of Jack Russell in her a juggy and, um, and she's now entering her teen phase even though she's six months apparently that's considered like adolescence in dogs and all she does is just bark at everything now and uh, we were really scared that once we put the christmas tree up she'd just non-stop bark but she couldn't give a flying fuck about the christmas tree and we'd be like oh we thought she'd at least care a little bit but you were like come on add some like add some family friendly (laughs) disaster into my life (laughs) so yeah that went out uh, without a hitch i had to actually cut a good chunk of the bottom of the christmas tree off because it was a bit too tall and now for some reason I've got blisters all over my fingers because I had a, I didn't have the saw that was like good enough or had a proper grip on it to like properly go at it so I was had this little tiny literally like you know the saw you'll have on a on like a uh, like a leatherman it was like that size really and I had to 
cut through this. You're cutting it with the with like the sword you use for like figure making. Yeah, probably pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so, now, so I've now got some lovely bisters on my thumbs and fingers. Mm. Wonderful. But I yeah, but for you. but uh, yeah, after that we uh, we normally have like a little Christmassy kind of. Uh, lunch to celebrate the putting up the Christmas tree, and then we watch a Christmas film, which is the Santa Claus the movie. <laughs> yeah, one of, which yeah. I feel like I've this year. I feel like I've had my fill of that film now. I think I don't know if I can watch it again. <laughs> You're the only person that's keeping it alive. Every year, like John Lithgow <laughs> gets a little check, and he's like, "Oh, the Ollie Jones money's coming." A little royalty check. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We put our Christmas tree up today. Well, actually, we were just doing it. I just ran away to come record this. Um, our Christmas tree is fake. Our Christmas mm-hmm. tree claims it's recyclable, though it's made out of plastic. And I think I think its claim of recyclable means that it can be put away again. Yeah, and reused. <laughs> and, every, and reused every year. I think that's what they mean, well, I mean by recyclable. I mean, it's, <laughs> Which I'm I sure think it's that's plastic. the same as every fake Christmas tree. Yeah. What is the material of of fake trees like the like the what's meant to emulate plastic. the is it plastic like a yeah type of plastic I think so yeah. we we just put it up and I just finished putting some lights around it and we were putting little baubles on it the baubles are also very cheap they're like twelve pound baubles from somewhere <laughs> like they they feel as cheap as well, when look. I <laughs> when I was a kid me and my sister used to make our own decorations for the Christmas tree. And um, <laughs> like, like, we used to have like real Christmas trees growing up. But then one day, my dad was driving home, and he saw something in a skip, and someone threw away a Christmas yeah. tree, like a fake Christmas tree. And I think for about a good fifteen years, we had this fake Christmas tree that came out of a skip. <laughs> and not only did he find a Christmas tree in that skip, he also found a pool table. Which, if you might remember, we had a pool table, like a little one. Yeah, and, I do uh, remember the Yeah, <laughs> that came from the same skip as the Christmas tree. <laughs> wow, and like, what a wondrous skip. <laughs> this trip, like, cause it was always my job in the house to do the Christmas tree. Uh, to be fair, I loved, I do love decorating the Christmas tree, and um, you could just see over the years how this Christmas tree just wanted to give up. It's like, please don't put me up again. Just kill me. <laughs> just kill me. <laughs> but to be fair, the well, reason we why put we this did- thing up, and I took like three steps back. And I've just said, this is a Charlie Asprey-looking <laughs> <laughs> tree. <laughs> you just get the box, throw it on there, and it's done. It's done. It's, I've, I always, like, I have to do it properly, though. I have to do lights first, and then you step back, and you're like, hmm, I think it needs a few more lights in that corner, so you rearrange it. A few more in that corner, move it around. And then, okay, all right, now it's time for the tinsel, but you've got to, you've got to arrange it in such a way that it complements the lights you've put on the tree so it bounces off the lights that are already on there I forgot then to buy can... any tinsel so we are, we are tinselless at the moment I went through a phase of hating tinsel but now I'm, I'm back on board with the tinsel <laughs> <laughs> you went through those, those moody years yeah yeah I was all about oh, it's got to be ribbon and then now I'm back <laughs> on board with tinsel <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> You've broken me. <laughs> I love Christmas talk with Ollie. 
It genuinely, I genuinely do love Christmas. Have you got anything I planned? I know you do. You any, the, like, you, I always think of you at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> have you got anything to? You got anything you could even do? <laughs> anything planned Christmassy? <laughs> no. No, you've got like because like, I don't have like because I work for myself, so I don't have like a works Christmas do. Do you not have like a works? Uh, we had a works Christmas do, but it was cancelled because of the rail strikes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so for the past three years or whatever, you probably haven't had a Christmas do. No, because of COVID. We never. Everything. My old jobs, we never had. There was only three of us in our like three archaeologists oh. in our group. Two of them. Were I just think like, that would be a crazy <laughs> Christmas party, if I'm honest. Though. Well, we we used to just. I'm not in the job anymore, so I guess I can say. But <laughs> we used to just we used to just go to the pub about eleven o'clock <laughs> sometime in like in December. So we'd just be like, oh fuck it, we'll just say we're in a meeting and go to. We went to the. We used to call it the second office. So we used to just go down to the the, the pub and. Um, and then drink a lot, and then at some point get home. Um, but it, our Christmas parties became a lot less drunken when uh, one of my friends or colleagues or whatever, you, yeah, friend, um, decided not to drink and drive anymore. <laughs> ah, I mean, it's so, a sensible you know. option, to be fair, though. <laughs> it is, yeah. Sensible we were encouraging choice. him to this, I have to point out. We were encouraging him not to uh, drink yeah. and drive all the time, but... Yeah, when, once he decided that was no longer sensible, then it, our, our Christmas parties became a lot less. Um, well, a lot more rememberable, is probably the way to put it. See, like, whenever um, when I was employed yeah. by, like, actual, you know, I wasn't self-employed. So I was a teacher for a couple of years, so we used to have our Christmas parties. They were in the school canteen, and they'd put on, like, a Christmas dinner for you, and I hated it so much. And then... <laughs> <laughs> and then I worked for a company called Game, which is, as you can guess, it's, they sell video games. And um, they'd give like each store, like, okay, here's two hundred pound allowance for a Weatherspoons <laughs> voucher. So you, all you could do was go to Weatherspoons for your Christmas party, <laughs> and it was the most depressing Christmas party in the history of Christmas parties. It was just terrible. I, mean, I think we were meant you know, to, they were going to put on like a do, at, we've got like a rooftop terrace, so they use that for events, so I think they were going to do like a like some drinks at the rooftop okay. terrace, um, but that's cancelled now, and they said they'll do it in January, <laughs> um, oh. And uh, but I think maybe, maybe some, me and my colleagues might go to the pub after one day at the office or something, I think that'll probably be what Sounds happens, good. there'll probably be about three of us going, do you remember when we went to, we when we worked together at like a music shop and we went to the pub quiz afterwards the Christmas pub quiz and our um, friend who was the landlord he was like the quiz master and one of the questions the when, was is this is this involving Henry Selleck? Yes, when I got really really angry with him, it's <laughs> yes. like who directed Nightmare Before Christmas and I was like Henry Selleck, get it down, get it down, get it and down, thought, get no, it down. and then I was like no, hang on a minute, Keith's not going to know that, change it to Tim Burton. And then you crossed it out, and then I went, no, no, put it back to Henry Selleck, because I bet you he knows now, and he's trying to trick everyone, so put Henry Selleck down. And then I would argue it's a good movie trivia question. For oh, like, definitely. For, like, just pub trivia. If it's, like, movie trivia, no. You know, but yeah. if you're just doing pub trivia, that's a good question, because majority of people in this world think Tim Burton directed that movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, his name is bigger than the actual title of the film, I think, on the poster. Exactly. I was but, listening uh, yeah, to the James and the Giant Peach episode today of Blank Check, and they pointed out that the, when the Blu-ray came out, it said um, 
from the director of Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> what? Which is just wonderful. Well, as a credit for that movie, it's just wonderful. Because isn't Tim Burton is a producer on there or an executive yeah. producer? Isn't yeah, he, he produced. Some, yeah, I bet he had very little to do with that film whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But um, speaking of Henry Selick, have you seen his new film, Wendell and? I haven't yet. I'm actually waiting to watch it because they're doing Selick on Blackjack, so I'm watching him in order. So I'm just going to watch it for new at the end of, right. of when when I get there. When I get there. Because the stop motion community is quite small, I know a lot of people who've worked on it, and um, so I've been—they've all been popping up on various podca- animation podcasts and whatever, talking oh, yeah. about their experience working on it. Sounds quite interesting. I haven't haven't got round to it myself yet. Because, and uh, is is Pinocchio out now or is it? No, no, is that I not don't out think yet? It is out yet? It's definitely That's, out. Some point. Yeah, yeah. It's a, that's another Netflix joint as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I is am it looking part forward of his to that. Cabinet of Curiosities, or whatever it's called, or is it just uh, a separate? No, I think it's like a complete, a complete feature, like stop motion feature film. Did you watch any of that? A Cabinet of Curiosities. I haven't watched any yet. No, I watched the first two, and um, and they're okay. I mean, in terms of production value, they look fantastic. You know, they look like they genuinely look like feature films. They don't look like a TV show or. Cool. They, they they feel like they're only like a forty five minutes long each I think but um, they do look very nice but I think sometimes forty five minute things can sometimes feel a bit like they're a bit too they're a bit too long to feel like a short and you kind of you want a bit more from it once it gets to the end I don't know sometimes okay okay but um but it does it does feel a bit like Tales from the Crypt but a bit more Lovecraftian kind of version of that kind of thing it's definitely something I'd be in, I'm kind of interested in watching but I just I never get around to watching series I just never do well I want to watch I think like last last thing I ever see I want to watch the last episode because that's directed by is it Panos I've forgotten his surname but it's the guy the guy directed Mandy so I'm looking forward to oh, watching yeah, that yeah. one but yeah uh, have you been watching anything this week? I got one thing to talk about. Though it's not oh, the yeah, most Christmasy thing, but I got one thing to talk about. Oh, is it? Is it one I've seen potentially? No, because you never see anything. <laughs> I did see a new Christmas release. I oh, did you? I know. I, I don't know. This wasn't a Christmas release. I'm making it up. I saw Avatar: The Way of Water. Oh, you saw, you saw the the holiday release, release not of a Christmassy release. Yes. Now, okay. I saw your letterbox review for this. Now, if I recall, you did not like the first one. No, I don't care for and the it, first one. And it seems no, like I you don't. very much enjoyed this one. Yeah. Oh my god, it's really good. Is it? <laughs> it's really good. Oh. I was blown away by it. I was no absolutely way. blown away by it. I cannot believe how good it was. Like Did you see it in high frame rate or just ordinary? Oh, baby. I went all the way. You did 3D. 3D, high frame rate. Hang on. All the gubbins. But 3D doesn't work for you. (laughs) This one, okay, I struggle with seeing 3D. It's not true that it doesn't totally work for me. It just doesn't, it's not as effective. So when we used to go see those, like, those movies that have been turned into 3D, that was nothing. (laughs) Then nothing anyway. Yeah, so, like, reduce the effects you saw. That's what I was seeing. 
going to see fucking a James Cameron 3D movie is a different thing. Like, yeah. it's it's going to do something different. And it, it really did. I was actually kind of... This is the best 3D I've ever seen. Do you have to go and see this in 3D? N- not really. <laughs> like, no, I will. Like, um, but like, if given the chance, why why not? Like, yeah, I saw the original one in 3D, and I have to admit, it it, it adds another level to a level to it of a you know of immersion. And yeah. then when I watched it again at home, it just it didn't quite have that same feeling. I yeah. have the 3D Blu-ray, and it does actually look pretty good. To be fair, I actually still have a 3D TV. I was gonna say, do you have a three D TV? I didn't yeah, know. so well in the in the flat we had one, and then we upgraded to a four K one. But they don't do four K three D TVs. No. So I was like, yoink! I'm having the old TV in my office. I have a big forty seven inch three D TV <laughs> in my office now. I think like because yeah, as you, they don't make three D stuff at home anymore. So if you want to go see this three D, you got to go to the cinema to see it in three D. It's not gonna. I don't think it's really going to be accessible outside of that. I mean, it, you've got a 3D TV, but for most people, it won't. I wonder if um, they will release a 3D Blu-ray of it, because obviously they won't do probably. a 3D 4K of it. I can't yeah. imagine they would if, if 4K TVs aren't haven't got 3D on it. I don't know. Can I'm not very good with TV tech, but can it do the high frame rate as well? I don't. That's a good question, actually. I don't know. Well, I I assume so because assume if you can, can. play if you can play yeah. a PlayStation Five and it, you can play like yeah. it's got sixty you know frames per second and stuff like that on it, so I assume it should be able to. Yeah, I assume so. But yeah, it's um, uh, to see it in the cinema is just insane. Like, there's nothing, nothing looks like this movie. Like nothing does. Like it's it's stunningly beautiful. Um, and I could talk about the imagery of it forever. Like I was, every single scene is beautiful. It's all in fucking focus. Fucking like the high frame rate underwater is just insanity. Um, it all looks fucking beautiful. It feels like you can see forever. There's no like fog effects. It's not the N64. <laughs> like, it's not a Silent Hill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no fog effects on the stuff underwater. Pop-ups so as, as you're walking some forward. Of the underwater stuff I thought was terrifying because of that as well really i've got a little phobia of like underwater things like there's some water is scary though like yeah it's like when you see people who like cave swimmers and stuff like that i'm sorry but that that shit scares the shit out of me what used to bother me like when like diving and and wasn't so bad it's being on the surface that used to get into me so if like if you just come up from like like even just snorkeling if you take like you're sitting on the surface after like doing some snorkeling that freaked me out i hated like i hated sitting like being in the water with my legs dangling in the water with just this oh i see what you mean so if you're under the water depth below me that it's like i cannot possibly kind of comprehend or or see like that used to really freak me out so if you're under the water you can actually kind of see at least some of what's under the water yeah i feel like not in control but like at least aware of my surroundings a bit more yeah but yeah, like being on the surface, I hated it. Or jumping into deep water. That's the what I really hate. Because it. of because of all my many ear operations, I'm not I'm not allowed <laughs> I can't submerge underwater anymore. And uh, oh, wow. swimming swimming is one of my favourite things to do. And I can yeah. still do it to an extent now, but I have to put ear plugs in and stuff like that. But um I can only do a yeah. uh, breaststroke now. Any other stroke causes too much splashing and it'll get water in my ears and that, so I can't can't no, do right. it but i can't dive as well because of the pressure as yeah, well of the water the pressure so, so, I, yeah. so i can't do it 
which <laughs> sucks. But anyway, Avatar. Yeah, um, I don't know. Like this, I, we could talk about fucking Avatar forever, and that's not the point of us doing this episode. But I thought I have to talk about the Christmas release, like, um, but like, it's it. I I blew me away. Like, like in in two ways. Like, one is the visual look of it. It looks fucking stunning. Um, mm-hmm. Every every part of this thing is designed. Like every animal, every flower, every creature, everything is just so designed. The shooting of this is just insane. It's just fucking insane, Mister James Cameron. You know, um, getting them to do like getting them to do submerge, like to actually film the scenes underwater, to, so you can mocap them underwater. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they were doing like four minutes at a time, or if you're Kate Winslet, doing seven minutes at a time. Um, seven minutes. Seven she actually, minutes. She actually got to that stage where she could do that. Yeah, which is what? just fucking crazy. Not only that, you've got fucking Sigourn, seventy-two-year-old Sigourney Weaver doing it. Who I don't know if you know this, but he's playing. She plays a child, daughter. Yeah, that's what I couldn't. I found out about that, and I was like, "What? What?" <laughs> She is, she's wonderful. She's really. Like, I love Sigourney like, Weaver, but I've. But that's I've always, your decision. <laughs> fair enough. Like famously tall Sigourney Weaver as well. Like, yeah. I, I don't know James Cameron. Hello. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's a reason it took him 13 years to make this pandemic. You know, it was in the way, but there's a reason it took him this long to make it, and it's all on screen. And what's fascinating as well, like. Well, I want to say I want to say one. I don't really care about the Avatar one. I don't think the story is very good. I never got really engaged with it. Part of that is I never saw Animal uh, Avatar in the cinema. So I I was, didn't. when when this came out, I was like, I'm going to see this as the best I can, like because yeah. I missed out on that before. Uh, so there was a lot of hype there for me because I wanted to see something amazing. I think, but two, like I think the story in this is so much fucking better than the story in the first one it's so much more nuanced it's so much more like detailed it's 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 got as much world building the first one's a lot of world building this has got as much and it keeps flowing i think as well like there is no one in the business who is a better structural storyteller than james cameron and i'd forgotten that because i haven't seen a james cameron movie in fucking 13 years you know well i have well, cause i rewatch stuff well, but like I mean- if you look at his narrative stuff, like fictional narrative stuff, like even between Avatar and Titanic, you had a fourteen-year gap, maybe. Yeah, 13, yeah, yeah, 14, yeah. You know, like, I mean, and he wasn't enough, exactly was that gaps is because he wanted to go diving, which we always forget. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, he's not the most prolific filmmaker because no. you know what are you looking at? Piranha Two, Terminator, Alien, Abyss, Alien, Terminator yeah. Two. True Lies, Titanic, Avatar, Avatar 2. So he's got like 10 yeah. films, I think. Yeah. Unless I've miscounted that. Nine. Which, which, I, <laughs> which I mean, is pretty good for anyone. But, you know, when you're talking about a 40-year-long 40 year career, that's, <laughs> that's quite a... It's not many. When and you like, look um, at Spielberg, who's done God knows how many. It, like, apart from The Abyss... I'm not sure if you mentioned that or not. But apart from The Abyss, yeah. like, um, none of his films have ever flopped really i mean we ignore piranha too <laughs> but like uh, and well, that was just was, that was a low budget just yeah 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 schlocky movie you know but like the abyss it didn't it we it, uh, i think it is kind of a bomb but like it's very much been reclaimed after, i really i love like, the abyss I yeah love it's it. a great movie <laughs> i didn't realize you know how 
uh, what is it they that f- fluid they swallow to do the deep diving? What's that kind of thing? You know, oh they yeah, do. yeah, yeah. I didn't realize that was a real thing, but apparently <laughs> it is. And like, obviously, being James Cameron, he studied all this shit. His love of underwater is fascinating to me. It's wonderful mm-hmm. to me how he's obsessed with like diving and water and stuff like that. Like, it really is. And you can wave, and that's why Way of the Water is his movie. Like, it's massively like his passion project to do something that's so about to make an action film that's so about like underwater and the use of water and stuff like that i think is um it's just all james cameron so in the, in the first film the navi are all in the jungle and the forests or whatever yeah, yeah. how do, how does the water kind of is there like a water tribe version of yeah. the navi or something oh there is and is that yeah so if it, they reveal in this that if the if like the Navi we know from the first film can be related to let's say I don't know I don't know it's hard to relate them to kind of Earth population but maybe like a Native American kind of population then like then like there is also populations that are more like Pacific Islanders is really kind of what this does. So, oh okay, got you. So you, you basically meet some like kind of more Pacific Islanders kind of type Navis. Does I think he... it's a bit re- reductive to put it in those terms, but like does... yeah. Right. Does he make them look a bit different to? Yeah, they're so. they're kind of greener. They're kind of like tealy greener, like oh, okay, than the that's navi. Then cool. okay. um, the like a darker skin navi, uh, who um, but darker blue, I guess. But yeah, um, it's there's some other. It's there's you know there's a weird family element going on. It's very the time has passed. It's not like it's not pretending it immediately happened. So. 13 years has passed in the um in the story uh jake sully has a whole family now and um their kids are now important roles in that uh there's also sigourney weaver's character has a child who's played by sigourney weaver who is adopted (laughs) by the scully family Um, so she so i assume she's had sex with the navi when she was in her avatar or something like that this is one of the elements that it's not worth me going into. It's in the <laughs> okay. film. Right. Um, it's not... It's. I think it's very obvious in the film what's happening, um, but it's not revealed in this movie. That is a... Okay. Because he's making five of these, so that's one of the plots he's put in to come back to later, really. Because it's had a really big opening weekend. I think worldwide it's like nearly 500 million. But Yeah, it's made easy 400, which people I, are still calling it a flop. Well, I think, well, the, <laughs> well, the thing, I'm not saying it's a flop by any stretch of the imagination, but I think just to break even, because I think the budget for this film was about four and a half, four, 450 uh, million, sorry. So well, it's weird reporting. So to break even, it'll but, have to yeah. make like about nine hundred million just to break even. So it'll have to yeah. cross a billion to be profitable. Which, come on, it will. It will make like it's. It will make the the original Avatar opened with seventy million. Weekend. Yeah, exactly. Like that's how different these box offices are now. Um, I don't know if this is going to be the most one of the most expensive. Sorry, one of the most highest grossing movies of all time. Not, I don't really care. It's not my interest. I know people really care about box office thing, but it's not my thing. Um, but it, it's got legs, and it's got it's almost got like four weeks. It's going to be unimposed by. Um, so I think people will end up going to cinema, and people like me who are telling you that this film is really good and really worth seeing in the cinema, like that's that's what I think will grab people to actually go. No, I definitely I do want to see it. I will go and see it. 
Um, and I think, like, what's really interesting as well is between the first Avatar and this Avatar has been every single, apart from, like, apart from like, Iron Man, every single, like, um, MCU movie, every single Disney Star Wars, like, that is a 13-year gap, right? And mm-hmm. this is the best action film I've seen in, I don't know, that long. Like, it's... Really? it's because, like, he's so good at structuring this shit. Like, by the time it all kicks off in that third act, he's been two acts of just building you, like, just giving you information, letting you explore the world, almost like sightseeing of this world that he's designed. And by the time it kicks off, it's all just... It's like the Titanic hitting the iceberg. Everything that he's built in structurally flows into the action at that point. It becomes part of the action scene. It's not... You cannot lift the action scene out of this. Like it's all narrative driven from the first mm-hmm. two plots. I think, and I think I forgot how like James Cameron does that so beautifully. It's what it's what makes people love Terminator too. It must what makes people love Titanic. It it what makes people love like you know Aliens is that like he drives everything through with structure and story, and he he's so good at the geography of action and 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 allowing and knowing what audiences need to know to get into it that um it was a joy it was a joy to watch really what it's like, me, like honestly i think it's a fair it's fair to say he's not a great writer in terms of no. like dialogue and probably exposition and stuff but in terms yeah. of telling a story visually he's fantastic you know yeah. he's he's brilliant and it it was a joy it was like like i didn't totally realize how into it I was and then there's mm-hmm. a scene that happens and I, I like I cried a number of times during this cool. um, and there's a scene that happened that was oh my god he got me like he did the, all that like those two acts that I've I'd been watching he got me he he got me absolutely on board to what I was watching I like despite myself really because again I was never a real avatar person at all so I was very surprised how much I enjoyed this. And I'm struggling between four stars and four and a half stars, frankly. It's not perfect. It's a little long. As you say, he's not the best writer in the world. Like, um, But, like, it's really fucking fun to watch an action film like this. Like, it really is. So, you know, like how they say that, and I think it's fairly true, that the original Avatar didn't have any, like, cultural impact Sure. In terms of like, you go to a comic con, no one dresses up as Jake Sully or whatever his name is. No, but and, there is and, there is the Avatar land at Disney World. Yeah, but I'm I'm talking about you don't see people wearing Avatar t-shirts. And Not really. No, there wasn't like a. I mean, they did do toys, but it didn't really take off. And yeah, like you know, you'd think the biggest film in the world ever would have video games <laughs> coming out everywhere, an animated series, toys everywhere, and it just didn't do that. Whereas like you know, Star Wars. 40 odd years ago did do you think now with True. this film it will do you think people, more people be into it in that way like do you think it might no I don't. don't I don't I don't I don't feel like it's I don't know I, I don't think it's going to be off the back of this one the third one is coming next year. That's very soon for an Avatar. Is it next movie. year? Is it next year? I'm pretty sure because he filmed them back to back. That's why the that's why the budget is insane. Is he filmed two and three back to back? So he's already on post production for three, I think. Because I remember um, Disney were going to be like, ah, oh, okay, one year it's Star Wars, next year it's Avatar, the year after that is Avatar, Star Wars, then Avatar. But 
obviously we're not getting any Star Wars films anytime soon, so I'm guessing <laughs> it's it's all on Jimmy C's uh, shoulders now. To it might be tw- it might be 2024. It might it probably makes more sense. It's yeah, I mean, he's he's going to be making but. these until he's probably eighty. I mean, how <laughs> no, old is he? going to be like a hundred doing his Avatar seven. I mean, is he in his <laughs> mid sixties now, or how old Easily, is James? Yeah, he's born in the fifties. So yeah, James he's in his seventies. <laughs> oh god, we just that... yeah. So he, how old is he? He is. He's he's a seventy to like sixty eight, isn't he? Is that right? Yeah. So yeah. So yeah, he'll probably be nearly eighty when all these are finished. <laughs> Yeah, it's there was a. I think it was the. I can't remember what. Like there was a tweet anyway that online that was like, um, aging filmmaker who makes who's made two movies in twenty years says he's, he's got seven left in him or something. <laughs> like, I mean, I mean Ridley Scott's still going. He's like eighty five, so I'm sure. <laughs> and uh, but um, I will see how my mileage by Avatar five. I really might be shopped. Out. <laughs> I might be out. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but um. But I was very surprised how much I liked this. It did. It was a really pleasant surprise that I, I was just really taken by this, and just even just the imagery alone, just the look of it and everything is so beautiful. Wasn't he going to direct a battle at Lita or whatever it's called? At one point, um, I don't think he was ever going to direct it, but he was. Um, he did produce it, didn't he? I think he's trying to push for. Like, I think he's using a bit of his influence to get a sequel to it as well. Because I. I do want to watch that. I've, I I actually it's bought good. it off eBay and it never turned up, so I got my money oh, back. No. So, but I do want to watch that. It's really, I, it's good. Honestly, it's really good. I really recommend it. How so? Because I have issues sometimes with Robert Rodriguez's use of special effects. Like it sometimes yeah. looks pretty cheap. So I'm I'm hoping that with James Cameron's influences that it looks pretty good. But I also, think it looks good. It's very. It's meant to look off-putting, though. So that is part of its charm. And just by James Cameron putting his name on a film doesn't mean to say it's good. I mean, Terminator Dark Fate. He was like a producer on it and <laughs> yeah. like an advisor, and it was fucking abysmal. So I don't know. True but Lies I, is I, pretty bad, to be honest. True Lies. No, I like True Lies. I think True Lies is fun. Yeah, I don't think True Lies is a good like, movie. I think Bill Paxton in that film is so good. <laughs> He's so good in that film. He carries it. And I th- I actually think Arnie's a lot of fun in that film. It's got good elements. It's not a bad movie. I'm sorry. But it's yeah. not like for Jim Cameron, it's easily his worst movie. I love how they keep saying they're going to do a sequel, but it's just Tom Arnold's like, yep, next <laughs> next year we're uh, we're shooting the sequel. Arnie's on board. And it's like, is Arnie's he, on, is, is, on board. Is, is he? Is he? Don't know about that, Tom Arnold. It's yeah, it's weird. It, the big joke online has been like, "Don't bet against Jim." Like, don't you can have all your jokes in the world that no one like can I remember said Avatar, that, but like, I said that James about Cameron. the first Avatar. I knew Avatar yeah. was going to be massive. Like everyone yeah, said that yeah. Titanic was going to be a flop when it first yeah. came out, and look at it; it was massive. So I, it'd be kind of fun. If this becomes like another giant like movie that threatens the isn't Avatar is the number one movie again, isn't it? Because of the re-release, the re-release, be, yeah, yeah. So it would be funny if this jumps to the top. I don't think it's going to, just because I think that I just think the culture is so much different with this stuff. I think I think there's a more chance of maybe like Avatar three or four, or like five even maybe doing that. Because I think what you have to do with modern audiences is drive that 
coming back to the theaterness in them um rather than them running out to see the biggest new film i think it's just slightly different for what getting to the top of the box office charts but i don't know it's let's say it's probably got legs and i'm sure the word of mouth is going to be roughly good because it Here is go. this is different this is the highest grossing films of all time not including like uh inflation because i'm sure gone with the wind and stuff oh like gone with the wind's probably still number one yeah so like avatar's number one then below that you've got avengers endgame yeah then you've got titanic yeah then star wars force awakens sure then makes sense uh avengers infinity war spider-man yeah. no way home i didn't realize spider-man no way home made nearly two billion that's fucking yeah, insane. That's insane jurassic world yeah which is yeah the lion king remake Oh my god! Yeah, I forgot. The Avengers, and then sure. Furious Seven, and then just below Furious Seven, you've got Top Gun Maverick. Oh wow! Go Top then Gun. Frozen Two, Avengers Two, Black Panther, Harry Potter, Deathly Hallows Part Two, Star Wars, so it's Last mainly, Jedi. It's mainly not just sequels, but really legacy sequels that are really. Hit. Oh yeah, massively yeah. Which makes sense, actually. Yeah. And we'll see. It, do you know what the sad thing is? Like Avatar is probably the only original film yeah. <laughs> yeah. in the top twenty, maybe. Honestly, looking at this list, the only film that is original you've got Zootopia is forty six. Uh, Despicable Me three is at forty one. Um. Minions at twenty three. I get. I guess the fast. I guess you can say the Fast and Furious is an original franchise, and there's yeah, a fair definitely. few of those. But yeah, everything else is based on something like a book or comic book or something. That's. Oh well. Interesting. Yeah. I am. I'm excited by it, and I, I was. I liked. I just liked being in the theatre and being excited by something like that. How How long is it? It's almost three hours, probably. Wow. 192 minutes. Wow, that's three hours and... Tw- yeah, and change. Yeah, <laughs> wow. It's Yeah, it's long. I didn't feel it so much, I have that's, to say. That's good. I, but, um, like, the first act does drag a little bit. Um, I think by the time they get to the water Are thing, they trying to get everyone back up to speed with, you know... It's quite... Yeah, the opening... A lot of the opening is, like... Um, here are like here are like the seven Avatar films I could have made, but actually I'm making this one. This one, okay, got you. <laughs> so got so you. there's quite a lot of like here are all the things that I'm not doing and that happened in this time period, and here's this one, like really. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's just I don't know. I, don't, I, I think I've said enough about Avatar: Way the Water. <laughs> Go see it, Jim Cameron. Yay! Well, I saw I saw a new release uh, last week, so um, yeah. Our mutual friends, uh, Benson and Edge, we all we went bowling, 10-pin bowling. And uh, just before the game ended, uh, Edge wasn't ready to go home. He was like, you know, uh, Violent Night's on in about 20 minutes at the cinema. And I was like, I could do that. And Ben was like, I could do that as well. So we, we just randomly went to the cinema to go and watch Violent Night. Um, and, um, I mean, yeah, it was... <laughs> Okay, I mean, you've got your man David Harbour from The Stranger Things as Santa Claus, 
and uh, John Leguizamo is the kind of default bad guy who's doing bad things for I have no idea why he's doing it um, and it mixes in a lot of Die Hard and Home Alone into it and I mean you'll watch it once and you'll never watch it again but it's, sure. it's fun for like an hour and a half the best thing about it was though there was a heckler behind us who like just commented <laughs> on every like kill or whatever was going on in the film uh, which made it even more entertaining. And when I saw him, when I turned around to to look at him, he looked exactly like how I thought he would look in my head. <laughs> uh, but yeah. I think there's an intrinsic... I guess we're kind of talking about the film we're going to talk about today. But there's an intrinsic kind of desire to see a Christmas-themed horror movie or a Christmas-themed action movie. There's something that like any time that happens you'll get a certain p- type of person be like no this is the actual one you have to kind of see kind of thing like again, yeah i mean all- well going back to gremlins i guess yeah and then you had more recently um uh what was the f- was it from finland oh what's it called uh, oh rare exports rare exports and yeah. then you had you got the uh, krampus as the well krampus. came out a couple of years ago yeah krampus but then you got like Black Christmas, which isn't so much Santa, but that was like the original kind of horror Christmas movie, I guess. But then you got stuff like Silent Night, Deadly Night, um, uh, you things like Jack Frost, not the Michael Keaton one. Um, yeah. Could what about even Nightmare Before Christmas? Maybe I don't know. Yeah, though I think that's a Halloween movie, really. But no, um, I disagree. I think it's a Christmas film. <laughs> it does not say Halloween. It says Christmas in the title. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't say the Halloween before Christmas, does it? Well, okay, it's the only it's the movie that you watch in between Halloween and Christmas when you're not from when you're not from a culture that celebrates Thanksgiving. I watch it at Christmas end. <laughs> but uh but it's not the only horror themed Christmas films I've been watching. I've been watching a lot of Hallmark Christmas films as well. Uh, which stuff. always ha- they all have the same plot. It's always person comes back to hometown they haven't been in for years and open up a bakery or something i don't know they've all got the same plot um and the one i like the one we're watching today i can't even remember what it's called but um they obviously didn't want to pay for any musical rights or anything like that and the one song just said the words jingle in it non-stop it was jingle (laughs) jingle 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 and me and caroline i don't know why but i just started to laugh (laughs) <laughs> then Caroline started to laugh and you know when you do that laughing where you just can't stop laughing and then when you try and stop laughing you just laugh even more that, that's what happened at lunchtime today Enjoy the day. <laughs> well I was busy working you were hallmarking yourself yeah it was it was on lunch break though so you know it was it did you see over the weekend um dan Harmon was watching hallmark movies and got obsessed with the fact that there were two hallmark movies that had almost exactly the same title but they were exactly the same movie Plot. yeah th- like they any- all, they're all the same film they literally they even all have the same christmas like crafty market that they all kind of sit down and they like no, but- I literally mean they must have because the same actors were in it with the same plot playing the same characters but the only difference was probably the editor 
Oh, and they gosh. released these two movies differently. So sometimes he was like, this is the same scene. It's just been cut by someone else. Nice <laughs> and they've released it as two different movies. <laughs> they both came out the same year and like the same month or something. Oh. Uh, speaking <laughs> of Dan Harmon, kind of, kind of. I've, um, <laughs> kind of. I've been playing Instagram. the new. I've been playing the new Justin Roiland game. Uh, okay, called, what's that? It's called High on Life, and uh, like the Black Friday sale, I, I picked up like an Xbox Series S. I don't know; they've all got stupid names, and it's just it's, you can't put discs in it; you can only download. And uh, it's like a first-person shooter, but your your weapons talk to you, and they're all Justin Roiland. That so they all quite fun, actually. So they all sound like the one. Your pistol sounds like Morty, and then you've got a knife that's just obsessed with wanting to stab and kill people, and it sounds a bit like <laughs> Rick a little bit. But it's it's really good fun. So I'm guessing, have you got Game Pass on your PC or anything? Uh, yeah. You should be able to get it then. It's it's good fun. Okay. I really I'm really <laughs> enjoying good. it. It's really good. I've fun. been <laughs> I've been playing Pokemon. <laughs> of course, you have one. You switch. No, I actually haven't got the new Pokemon yet. I've um, heard it's all riddled with glitches and stuff. Riddled with bugs. That's one thing fine. this Justin Roiland game does. Uh, it it calls out a lot of git glitches and game tropes and things like that and uses it to kind of like its advantage. <laughs> it's meta. I mean, they could say it's a crutch as well. They're leaning on some of these things, but I thought it was still entertaining. No, I realised, like, because the new Pokemon game was coming out and I realised that I'd never played um, Pokemon Sun Right. Or Pokemon Sword and Shield, so I went back and played Pokemon Sun on my 3DS. Actually, I didn't, sorry. So I played Pokemon X on my 3DS, because that was the one I had. And I enjoyed it so much, I was like, I'm going to play Pokemon Sun after. I'm going to buy it and, buy it and play Pokemon Sun. And it's fucking perfect. I've been enjoying it so fucking much. Like, I, I just... Something about the 3DS, it's like the perfect size, the graphics are like perfect like gameplay and flow to it, and I've been loving it. It's almost like the perfect way to present this type of Pokemon game, really. Mm-hmm. It's it's inventive enough. It's a bit different. like So, So yeah, I've been playing Pokemon Sun and absolutely adoring it. And I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to finish Sun and I'm going to play Sword, Sword Shield because um, I never played that. And then I'll play the, the new Pokemon game afterwards, basically. Because why not? Because I, I have been missing out on my Pokemon fun by not buying them recently. So I'm also waiting for my friend Paz to actually buy it. And when she buys it, I might then play it because I want to kind of play it with someone rather than just myself like, can you actually play it then as a co-op then no but there's always like it'd be, it's fun to talk to someone about the game you're actually yeah, playing yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and um, I think there's always trading is always an aspect in Pokemon and stuff so there's always a, there was always a social aspect to those games some way but I, I haven't actually read up what Violet and Scarlet does but there'd be some sort of thing I'll t- tell you what I have started to play as well uh, Ori and the Blind Forest have you played that at all? No uh, It's a beautiful side-scrolling uh, platform Sounds game familiar. and it's kind of got a bit of like Metroidvania kind of elements to it but it's like you know how I told you I never cry I never cry I never cry but then I watched E.T. at the cinema the other week and I, <laughs> and it I, broke I, I cried my yeah it broke me <laughs> I think it's just opened the floodgates now I was playing this game and I started to cry Oh no! It's like, have you ever played? I don't know if you've ever played Journey. Like that's no. another game that, that that I find quite emotional as well. And there's no dialogue in Journey. It's all your own 
it's your own journey it's your own adventure really i mean you've kind of got a level that you kind of you know you you go through but the thing with journey it's got nothing to do with orion and the blind forest but a journey <laughs> all of a sudden another character will appear and it's another player but you don't know who it is and they will help you that you just they will help you kind of guide your way through the level and get all the secret hidden things but then the nice thing is though once you've completed it you feel then compelled to go back in the game and help other people get oh, all the fun. nice it's like this nice little thing and it's uh, by the end of the game it's, it's it gets quite emotional with the music and things like that but i'm getting the same kind of vibes from ori and the blind forest and then there's a sequel as well called um ori and the will of the wisps yeah so. i've just um i'm a huge fan of celeste and <laughs> um these games are like if you like celeste you'll like these and yeah. they've been on my wish list forever i'm just looking on, on steam i think they're on, on game pass forever. so yeah and um, the original's three quid, but it's the steam. It's the same winter sales soon, so I will spend a ton of money on games and never play them. So I'm I mean, sure they'll be bought during that. One of one of my goals that I'd like to try and achieve next year is. Um, so I work with a band called the Psychedelic Porn Crumpets quite a bit, mm-hmm. and side congratulations note, uh, by the way. I was just going to say, uh, yeah, the, mu- the last music video I did for them called Acid Dent was voted thirteenth so out of uh, the. T- of their top 50, it was number 13 of their top music videos of the year. They said, it's it's so called good. ABC Rage. So ABC uh, is basically like BBC One in Australia. And they have, on Friday, Saturday and Sunday, they just play music videos like late night. And uh, they always play like new music videos and videos by big bands. And uh, yeah, I voted number 13th out of 50. Ahead of bands like Ramstein. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah yeah yeahs and stuff so that was really cool to be amongst That's all those awesome honestly it's, it's, so happy for you thank you it was nice it was a nice little end to the year yeah and uh but one of my goals is i've been chatting to jack from the psychedelic porn crumpets and um i was saying how about for like a future single like they haven't got any songs written for a new album or anything yet but i was like how about we make a short video game that's all claymation it's like a side scrolling <laughs> shooter a bit, say, like Earthworm Jim, but meets, I don't know, uh, but with a bit of like Castle uh, Metroidvania kind of things, where you have to collect this. Do you know what a stem is in terms of music? Uh, no. So a stem would be like you'll do a guitar part, okay, and or you do another guitar part or, an, uh, or a bass part. And I thought the idea is you collect all the stems, and then the, once you collect all the stems, you build up. The new single that's really fun so like the really game like would idea, so like yeah. the game would be a music video and you could also you could do a few like little um you know like what you call like the little cinematics or whatever to kind of set it up a little bit but yeah. i think that'd be really fun and you know I'm, i've been chatting to paul a little bit about it because obviously he's in uh like game publishing and things like that and um I've got a few people. We know a lot of programmers and things like that, and I know some mm-hmm. game developers. I have no clue any at all about game design or whatever, but yeah. but but I can create all you the don't elements. You need to. You're the artist. You don't yeah, need I'll to create the game design. I'll create all the elements for the game, but um, that's something I'd love to to do. I wouldn't want it to be a massive game. It'd only be like a game that you could probably complete in like five ten minutes. You know, like super yeah, yeah, yeah. quick. But I think that'd be quite fun. So I'd love to kind of do that this year. It sounds like a great idea, really. I hope. We but um, how's your twenty? How's your twenty twenty two been? 
Uh, why? What are you getting at? <laughs> Nothing. I'm just asking. How's it been for you? Have you had a good year? Uh, I think I've had a difficult year, to be honest. Yeah. But I'm I'm coming out of it at the other side with renewed hope. I think. I guess. That's I mean, good. It's yeah. It's been a difficult year. Um, but like, that's far. That's all right. I think. Um, yeah, you've moved digs, haven't you? You're moved right. Digs. Yeah. Like moved across the country. New job. Um, stuff like that, like, and I guess that's probably you know not not just for you, but for me as well. That's one of the reasons why we haven't recorded much. But, oh yeah, um, but uh, we have actually recorded about three or four episodes now, so we are going to be releasing more episodes because on the last oh, yeah, one, I guess I, this is dropping first, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, like, point. so like the very f- first episode of this year, I was like, oh, it's not one of them lockdown podcasts where we just forget about <laughs> it and then just didn't record again for another nine months. So. We are, you we know, are something recording. we are very keen to do. We enjoyed. Yeah, doing you're gonna it, get. You know. You're gonna get the thirties. We have yeah, recorded episodes already. <laughs> <laughs> they do exist. <laughs> but we have to do a Christmas special because we have a, like a tradition on this show of doing Christmas episodes. Yeah, I say tradition. I think we've done two. That's a tradition. <laughs> but we have only been going two years, so I think you know. Yeah, but there hasn't been any of the Christmases just... in between that. It's kind of an accidental tradition that I think is going to be a theme from now on. Yeah. That we kind of do quite depressing and weird Christmas movies. I think that's yeah. kind of what we're aiming for each time. So the first one was One Magic Christmas, which I think is yes. on Disney Plus. So if anyone is. has got I Disney, Disney Plus, it's a very bonkers Christmas film. But I it's very kind depressing. Of, it's very sad. Yeah, but it, but you have to watch it. It's to see it to believe it you know uh, and then the year after we watched it's not necessarily a Christmas film but we watched Babes in Toyland there's like a scene there is a scene with uh, Father Christmas and to segue into the film we're talking about today some characters actually watch Babes in Toyland in this film yeah it plays a cameo in this film yeah it does Uh, so yeah it's like a film that became a Christmas film but it's about Christmas it is about like Toyland is meant to be like Santa's whatever yeah like yeah. um but it's 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 a bit we said it, we said it at the time it's a bit of a weird film it has a bit of a weird flow to it it gets weirdly serious when the war happens at the end <laughs> even for like a Lauren Hardy movie it's kind of a bit odd I don't think we expected it to be as tone shifting as with it was when we selected it well the, the bit that sticks out to me is when they go in, in the well and then they're kind of in the underworld kind of, of- yeah yeah, like yeah, under yeah. Toyland, there's this festering evil. <laughs> it's like... it's, yeah. So I think with that in mind, we've kind of built this tradition of doing kind of weird, depressing um, Christmas movies. And I think this this year we've... Uh, I think we've topped ourselves. <laughs> we've topped ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're doing Christmas Evil, otherwise known as Better Watch Out, otherwise known as Terror in Toyland. From 1980, directed by Mr. Lewis Jackson. I told you he'd be happy that we remembered him. This Christmas... Santa's going to make everyone happy. The grown-ups. 
and the kids. Christmas Evil. The non-believers. Watch out! And the screamers. And this Christmas, you better believe in Santa. Or he'll slay you. Merry Christmas, Frank. Christmas Evil, the night he dropped in. I thought this film was going to be like a slasher. I didn't sure. realise it was going to be this, like, pr- it's it's almost a drama <laughs> that's just following this guy's descent into. I don't. I don't know. It's it. It wasn't <laughs> what I was expecting. Let's put it that way. I didn't think we would actually be following the evil Santa Claus or whatever he yeah. is as the protagonist of the film. I thought this is more like Taxi Driver, yes. or Joker. Yeah. Than it is like Black Christmas or that's a really Silent good Night way Debbie of looking at it, actually. Like, yeah. I never, yeah, it is. This is this is if what if Travis Bickle loved Santa Claus? I mean, <laughs> it is. Um, so shall we? I'll do a little synopsis, I guess. Yeah, um, but we'll talk about the whole plot why not? But like basically, uh, toy manufacturer Harry has a bit of an obsession with Christmas. He also has some childhood trauma related to Christmas. And these all all these come together one Christmas Eve and he enters a fugue state where he starts believing he is actually Santa and casts his judgment on the people of his town. Yeah, okay. I like that. That sounds, sounds pretty good, yeah. <laughs> was that off the top of your head? Was that off the cuff? Yeah, it was off the cuff. That's pretty good. That should be on the back of the Sinega Vindrome. Vindrome? What's Vindrome? Sinega. Sinega? I can't even speak. Vinegar Vinegar Syndrome Blu ray release. Yeah, um, the reason this came into my orbit and the reason I suggested it was I I knew the poster and I knew John Mm -hmm. Waters loved it. That was the two things I knew about it. And I I was like, I need to watch the Christmas movie that John Waters loves. And who That's, doesn't that, love John Waters? I love that man to bits. I love him. He's fantastic. I him. And I I get why John Waters loves this. Just, even yeah. though what we've said before, I get because it's it's awkward in the way, like it's awkwardly shot, awkwardly produced. Uh, the acting's kind of awkward. Some of it I think is purposeful. I'm not just saying it's just because it was a, a low budget movie. Uh, but I think that heightens the drama of the film and heightens what I'm watching. Um, it's also kind of campy. Like, oh yeah, um, I mean, it ends with the the van that he's painted with. Oh, the ending the... is amazing. <laughs> so he the ending is so amazing. The main character Harry, when after when he's going through this transformation into becoming Santa Claus, he obviously doesn't have a sled with reindeer, but he has a van that he paints like a sled on the side of. Mm-hmm. And in a pursuit at the end, when he's being, it's almost a bit like. Uh, I guess Frankenstein, there's like a lynching mob after him with like flaming torches. Yep, absolutely. He's got his, his brothers after him as well, played by Jeffrey DeMunn, who's in loads of uh, Frank Darabont movies and yeah, 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 things yeah. like that. He's chasing him as well. And then he crashes off the side of a road and then flies off into the sky like Santa Claus, <laughs> but in a van. 
Awesome. With the um, with the uh, and the the night before Christmas is being read over. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That and closes with that. Yeah, it does. Oh, it's wonderful. That ending is wonderful. And like also, like you were saying, it's not a, it's not a horror movie. It's not. It's it's um. There's the killer's kind of sympathetic. Well, it's like I when guess. like okay, there's one scene outside of a church where he literally does like kill three people. Yeah. Like, kills him with an axe and he uses my favourite weapon is he's got like a little like soldier boy nutcracker thing that's I got like a sword and he just weapon, yeah. and he just stabs someone in the eye with it and then just kills him with an axe but then the rest is like they're like sloppy sloppy murders yeah. or fight scenes and like that was the only one that felt really calculated well not, yeah. not even that really it wasn't like, calculated he just lost his he kind of just lost it didn't he yeah because they were being mean to him but then like there's one where he's been uh he's he's surrounded by a load of children and he's actually gonna he wants to do something nice for the children and give them presents but then the parents are like going oh because they've heard about this evil santa claus so they're going it's him it's him and then they plan to like they pull out a flick knife and i mean we'll get into yeah. it later on but like then it get it's like a sloppy fight it's not like you know you watch halloween and you have michael myers like he's this like purposeful it's because you're um killer or whatever. I, it's because you're never ever in this movie put into the position of the victim, ever. Yeah, you you like you're him. never Laurie Strode hiding in the cupboard yeah. from like Michael Myers. Like every single point, you are only following the killer Santa. Yeah. Um. Like what's his name, Harry? Uh. So it doesn't ever have those horror elements because of that. It doesn't ever like you're not. You're kind of... It's horror in the way that, you know, like he's stabbing people in the head with an axe, you know, like... But it's not... That tension's never built in the same way. It's... Yeah. Bizarre, actually. It's quite bizarre. Like, the music about, is... The music is very... I don't, I don't even know how to... It, like, obviously, you've got some Christmas music and stuff, but the actual score is just... Yeah. It's not... I wouldn't even say it's... Like you know, like how the music in Halloween will build up the tension. This doesn't. It's just kind of like a weird, nasty synthy kind of like yeah, grungy nasty uh, synth. Yeah, but it but it doesn't like like it's grungy disconcerting noise. It's, yeah, um, yeah. It's 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 a very odd film. And don't get me wrong, I actually quite liked it. Yeah, I really but, enjoyed it. But I couldn't I really enjoyed it. But I couldn't. It, it's not something you could like like you saying taxi driver and joker really kind of i was like I, okay yeah yes yeah i mean <laughs> i like taxi driver but i don't particularly like joker all that much but i same. Yeah, same. but i actually i think this is better than joker <laughs> like i got <laughs> more out of it than too. joker <laughs> i enjoyed this there was a certain a certain weirdness to it it builds ten it does i say there's not a tension for the murders but it builds a degree of uncomfortable tension as it keeps going as like you're you know you're watching this unstoppable kind of like momentum of hell that's happening you're going to see this guy descend into more and more madness you're going to see this guy make the mistake and hurt someone you're going and but at the start he's not played as like villainous at all even um even the beginning like where he wakes up in his bed and he's got the Santa Claus kind of pajamas on, and 
he goes to the mirror to shave and he puts all his he puts all his uh, shaving cream on to make a little Santa beard and he's quite happy with himself. And then the first thing he does in his day is he goes up to the roof and spies on the neighbourhood children with his binoculars <laughs> to see if they're being good or not. And as soon as he sees one of them being bad, I think he's looking at some porn magazine. Yeah, he's reading Penthouse um, and you know, he's penthouse. cutting it out. I was thinking, oh, I, I, I relate to that, kids. <laughs> <laughs> little Ollie Jones is cutting out his penthouse. But I also relate to the killer in the fact that I love Christmas and he's a toy maker. You do love Christmas. And he's he a makes toy maker. <laughs> well. I have no desires to be Santa, though, or kill people. So there is that. Uh, there is but, that. Um, yeah, so he runs down and he writes in his... Um, he has good and bad books for each year. And he writes under these children's name, like, if they're being good and if they're being bad. I'm not saying this is normal behaviour. This is weird as well. <laughs> But later on, he's walking home, and he's carrying shopping home. This is and a bit weird. This is this the one where he's, he says, "You look very nice, Susie, or whatever." And he's no, got, no, he's, that's a bit later than this. Okay. That's a little bit later. But yeah, kind of. He's walking. Yeah, it might be the same scene. I can't actually remember. But he's walking home, and the neighbourhood kids are on the stoop. Yeah, yeah, same and, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they clearly like him. Yeah, but like, he's still a bit creepy around them. Though. He's still a bit weird. But, like, he's not played as... He's not played as a threat to them. And they don't treat him as a threat. He's not the neighbourhood weirdo that they don't, they don't want to be near. And I find that really weird. I don't know what that decision is. Like, that's what, that's what I mean. Like, when you watch this film, I don't quite get what that's doing. He's, But it's part of that... It's part of that weirdness that he's kind of Santa... <laughs> But he's looking That's... through the, the naughty book and he's got a picture of the girl that he said looked pretty or whatever and mm. she does a little curtsy. But he's got... Why and how has he got a photo of her? It's so odd. The, the, he I then expected... goes, you, you're not allowed to look at this. You can't see the naughty boys and girls. And he puts... Like, he turns the picture down. I expected this to be a little more into the child predator angle yeah. of him. And by the very fact that it doesn't really go there, it it's surprised me, I guess is what I'm I saying. Think, I think I just think he's very genuine with the children, but it comes yeah. but in some some scenes it I don't know if they purposely made it look creepy to throw you off a little bit or I'm not I'm not too sure, but um you know, like one of the things he's obsessed with is the children in the hospital, and like they've got a new guy who's yeah. helping run the toy factory where he works, and he's like, "Oh, we can't give the toys to the kids at the toy at the hospital because we don't know how many kids are at the hospital to give toys to." But you know, he's very keen on giving the toys to the kids, so he literally steals all the toys from the toy factory where he works at. These toys look awful, by the way. <laughs> and it's it's actually, it's a real toy factory, you know. Oh, really? But the toy factory, <laughs> like, it looks so depressing. It looks like the, convey yeah, like the conveyor belts and the, the way that people kind of, kind of, like, they turn up at work at a certain time, the the factory line just starts at a certain time and it just starts rolling with the toys and then they just start putting the pieces together. Yeah, they just stick like motorcyclists on the motorcycle, yeah. Which made me feel sad because my room is adorned with action figures everywhere <laughs> and I know these were all put together by some poor yeah. bugger in China on a assembly line exactly the same and it made me feel really bad. 
this feels like the tail end. Well, no, it's 1980s, so it's a little earlier. But, like, that kind of idea that toys were just, like, a fun thing for a kid to becoming toys yeah. or something that's branded from something else. Well, it's it's before, like... This like totally is in that little area where it's still just, like, like a gumball machine or a plane rather than it being, like, the turtle's gumball machine. Yeah, <laughs> like well, it's, the, like, if you look at, like... I'm going to talk about it again, Santa Claus the movie. Like, the toys that he gives out to children in the 1800s is exactly the same as what he gives to the kids in 1985, and it's all, like, wooden (laughs) hobby horses and things like that, which kids don't want. And, you know, the only film that I think kind of changed that was, like, Elf. In Elf, Mm. they start making modern toys, don't they? in yeah. the factory so they're making etch-a-sketches and I don't know Mr. Frosties or whatever and things like that whereas this like you were saying they're, they're making these really weird old-fashioned looking toys that look like they look like beef eaters with yeah. a lightning rod and I couldn't work out what these toys were and I but, think I, I don't I do not know the history of toys but apparently <laughs> but with like, this toy factory the toy factory wouldn't allow them to use the toys they made in that factory okay that makes and a, sense and there's a lot of things instances in this film like from what i was reading apparently like you know the house where he murders the guy he tries to strangle him with his santa sack and then stabs mm-hmm. him with a star uh they the family who own the house would allow him to climb on the roof try and jump down the chimney they wouldn't allow him to come in the house and murder someone so they had to build like a whole fake bedroom to do all that scene <laughs> I was I was going to say I think like as far as I understand a lot of that branding like Evil Knievel was one of the first branding kind of things that appealed yeah, to yeah probably yeah 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 whereas like that was definitely before this film um, but that makes sense that they didn't allow them to kind of film in the factory and that's why there probably wasn't branded stuff i, I wouldn't but be surprised branding if those... must have happened at some point like i bet you those definitely... i bet you those were evil can evil toys they just spray painted it looked like they did red. look like yeah. it yeah did the, the way only... the kid did you see the <laughs> sorry to put in there's a bit where the kid is watching tv and i think he's on the naughty list and it's just before he paints his face black with the mud and then yeah, pushes yeah, his yeah, face and pushes his face like to almost like mark the house like a naughty yeah. child lives here. But the way the kid plays with the toys, watching TV and he's rolling the bike around, and then he picks up the same gun that they're making in the factory and just starts shooting the, <laughs> the, the motorcycle toy. It's very weird. That marking of the house was fucking effective. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Because, yeah, he dips down in the mud and he muddies his hands and face and presses it against the... presses his hands and face against the against like the house like as you say to mark him as a bad a bad kid lives here and like i don't know if that's a thing out of like krampus folklore or like any thinking... kind of santa folklore i have wasn't able to find anything on it when i was watching it. i was trying to google something i don't know if that they invented that which they might have done well um but that was really quite a cool little idea and imagery that i thought he, was really quite effective they do show pictures i think earlier on in the film when like you say when he wakes up as santa claus i'm sure around that time they show shots of santa or there is like like pictures of him like where he's yeah. almost like a judge and things like that yeah yeah, of, yeah 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 so like, as the imagery i thought this was really effective as he gets more and more into the idea that he's santa 
the imagery they show of Santa in his house evolves with him. Yeah. So there's pictures that when it, at the start it's all very much the Jolly Saint Nick. In the middle of the film, just before he enters his kind of like murderous thing, they're showing pictures of like a Saint Nick character, a Santa Claus character stuffing kids in bags. Mm. Um, and yeah, as you say, as a court judge, like judging right and wrong, which is an interesting aspect of Santa that it's very hard not to kind of think about. I think sometimes that he is meant to be like um, judging if you're being good or bad. And if you're bad, you get like a lump of coal or you get a bag of mud <laughs> like they get in this movie. Um, oh yeah, he's which, digging. He's digging like at the Hudson River or whatever. Yeah. like in New Jersey, like overlooking New York, and he's just stuffing a bag full of mud to leave on their doorstep. I think he leaves it on. Yeah, he leaves it on someone's doorstep. That same kid you're on about. I think that's what yeah, he yeah. That. But that again, um, that scene, like he hides in the bushes, and the kid sees him and he goes over to see him, see what's going on, and he goes out to grab him. Yeah, and the kid yeah, somehow yeah, yeah. runs away, and then gets scolded by his mother for like saying there's someone in the bushes over there she's like there's no one there smacking him and it's like so harsh <laughs> it's so weird this is a it's a good New Jersey Christmas film I think I'm going to give New Jersey that <laughs> yeah it's odd I get, like there's not there's really not much on the production of this like that exists out there it was it was it's budget. I think it's budget. Either its budget was eight hundred and fifty, or it ended up costing eight hundred and fifty k. I know that it went four hundred k over. Did which it? When you're de- when you're dealing with like low low budget movies like this, that's you can't do it. Like, well, that's the equivalent um, of like a hundred million dollar film almost becoming a two hundred million. Do- you know, it's yeah. double the budget, and it's just it's insane. So the producer of this was um, Edward Pressman, who. His, he did like early Brian De Palma like Phantom of the Paradise he did like Badlands for Terrence Malick and Wall oh, nice. Street The Crow American Psycho like that was his career and this was a very early Christmas Christmas Eve was a very early like um, Pressman production um, as far as I can tell the very fact that um, Lewis Jackson went well over budget on such a low budget film meant that he never worked again really yeah as far as, far as I can tell I, I don't know if something else happened but that seems to be that makes sense to me anyway because 400k yeah. is a lot and this budget. I think this film was pretty much forgotten at the time wasn't it and yeah and I think in the UK it was part of like the video nasty stuff so maybe it was yeah, James's yeah, yeah. dad yeah. was uh, was prosecuted for uh, <laughs> renting out evil Christmas or Christmas evil sorry to to boys and I'm girls very this this is absolutely an, um, a product of uh, word of mouth that a film yeah. is like um, so horrible that it has to be banned because there's nothing in this that is like the scenes where thing. he actually uses the axe and it's I'm I mean yes you do see the axe going ahead and stabbing in the eye but it's it I wouldn't say it's suggestive because it's more than suggestive but it's so quick and yeah. I don't know. Comparing this to something like I Spit on Your Grave or Cannibal Holocaust is insane. The fact that they're both banned is insane, I think. I guess they're so concerned that Santa's doing the killing that made them uh, want to ban it more than anything else. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I don't think it was reviewed very well when it came out. It pretty much got lost. Um, I think it got some positive reviews, but really... Yeah. um, But really it just disappeared. And... Over the years, it slowly gained a cult following. A 
big part of that, as we mentioned before, was John Walters was quite a big proponent of it, and he always he always liked to mention it as his favorite like Christmas movie. He was basically doing the, you know, when people ask what your favorite Christmas movie is, and you go Die Hard. He was basically doing that. Yeah, <laughs> in, like, I think in like, um, the eighties and nineties, but I think Troma put it out on like a on DVD mm-hmm. in the early days, uh, but I think Lewis Jackson now owns the film. I think oh, cool. I could be wrong. And I think, and as I said, Vinegar Syndrome put out the the most recent version. But the version that the Troma put out is uncut. Like it's um, so yeah, it's a director's cut. Yeah, it's a bit longer than yeah. the one we saw. So I'm not sure yeah. what was extra in it. Um, there's a. I don't. There was. I was thinking about rights about the Troma one, which I couldn't quite understand that Lewis Jackson talked about. But I'm not right. sure what that was. But basically, in so 2000, Troma put it out. There's some issue with it. 2006, Synapse put it out, a special DVD. And that's the one that's got a commentary from John Waters on it, um, okay. which I think will be a fun commentary to watch, frankly. Yeah, totally. And, and then 2014, Vinegar Syndrome put out. like a I, I'm, I imagine the John Waters commentary would be a lot of giggling. Yeah. He, d- he does giggle so a lot. He giggles a lot, so <laughs> I can imagine, with his little wispy moustache. <laughs> now is is John Walter's moustache real? Is it is it actually or is it like a pencil as in like he's drawn it on? No, it's grease paint like Groucho. Is it like Groucho? I thought so. No, I don't know. I'm sure it's real. <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna Google this now. What are you anyway. googling? Is John Walter's moustache real? Sure. Is it? <laughs> He John might Waters. use. There's a. I bet he uses like a mascara to colour it in. I bet you. <laughs> Here we go. The moustache just went along with the sleazy look. The moustache isn't actually grown. Instead, Walter shaves off the little facial hair he grows, and then draws in new growth with an eyeliner pencil. Yeah, I said mascara. <laughs> there you go. So he I is like Groucho, but a, but a very thinner version. <laughs> it's it. It looks so low down to his lips now that it looks like it's just outlining it his top like lip. It looks like lip liner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, John Walters. I love John Walters. You should make a new film. I know, it's been too long, too long. I think the last what time I saw him, he was one? on Drag Race, I think. He was like a guest. Oh, yeah, I can imagine him. His last one, was it the one with Johnny Knoxville and Salma Blair? Dirty oh, Shame? Down Dirty Shame, yeah. Was that, was that his last film? Maybe. Maybe I know he appears in acts and stuff, but because I I I'm actually sure love was... I love Plink Flamingos. I love that film. Mm-hmm. And Serial Mom's great, and um, Serial Mom's fantastic. I love Pecker, and we both so like Pecker. I think we talk about that a lot. Yeah, Female Trouble is wonderful as well. Um, I don't. I've seen a Dirty Shame, but I don't remember it. And I've yeah, I've seen, seen it. Be Demented. I should watch that. Oh yeah, he did hair. He did the original Hairspray, didn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, apparently he has got a film coming out called Layer Mouth. Okay. But it says TBA, so I don't know if it's like in early production or whatever. But So he's got something in the works, but whether or not anything happens with that, I don't know. Oh, Crybaby, I forgot about that. There's a there's a movie on Letterboxd by him. I don't know where this exists, but it's called Kiddie Flamingos. Child actors perform a kid-friendly table read version of John Waters' um, <laughs> classic Pink Flamingos. Ah, uh, is that is it, if that's anything like the kids doing the performance of Alien, then I'm down to watch that. 
That was. Have you ever seen that? The alien, the no. kids doing it. There was a high school. They decided to do like a performance of Alien, and it's amazing. And I think it's on YouTube, and it's fantastic. That like you can great. tell that whoever is part of the amateur dramatics at that school was like, right, we're going to go all out, and this is going to go viral. So we're going <laughs> to do this like to the best of our ability. Yeah, sure. But yeah. Anyway, back to evil Christmas evil. Sorry. I keep calling it Christmas Evil Christmas. Evil. evil Christmas, for some reason, just comes off my tongue a lot easier than Christmas Evil. Yeah, I don't... Christmas Evil, I, I don't think it's a very good title. It's not. I think I you better watch out is better. Yeah. Like, is it a pun on Christmas Joy? Is that mm, what it's I doing? Don't, mm, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> Shall we kind of go through the plot a little bit? Yeah, sure. And then we talk about the scenes. So it opens up with um, probably the 1950s or something, I'm guessing. And um, so... Yeah, it's 1947. Doesn't it say 1947, yeah? Yeah. yeah. So it opens up with that... uh, um, It was the night before Christmas and blah biddy blah Nothing was stirring, not even a mouse. Um, And you've got a mother and her two kids waiting for Santa. And Santa appears down the chimney... Um, he's very happy that he's got some bread and butter, which I thought was a bit weird. <laughs> and he then delivers gifts. Uh, when one of the kids laughs, he then runs away. He does that old, like, Santa tap on the nose. Question, do Americans give out mince pies or is it cookies Americans do? I think it's cookies and milk. Is it cookies and milk? Yeah. It's, it's mince pies and, like, sherry here, isn't it, I think? <laughs> well, I think we put out cookies and milk. I've, it's always mince pie in my household. That's what Santa eats in my house. I think maybe my dad didn't want to eat mince pies. <laughs> well, if he's like you, because you don't like mince pies either, do you? No. Which I find weird because you will eat anything. And the fact that you don't like mince pies, I find that really bizarre. Because you like. I don't you- like the flavour of them. I would have like one mince pie for Christmas because I feel like you have to. But, but I, I don't really like. Them. I absolutely I think adore weirdly mince pie. bitter. Mm, I love them. Mm. I like Panatone. Anyway. Panatone's good. What about Leave me um, a Panatone and a? Do you like <laughs> Lieberkirchen or whatever it's called? Lieberkirchen, yeah, and Stollen. Stollen, yeah, yeah. Or Santa good, likes good shit. Stollen, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, one of the kids laughs and he does that little nose tap and goes up the chimney. I want to know the origin of that nose tap. Um, <laughs> what good film point. Was it ever first in? Well, that's good because he does it in the um, the one with Dudley Moore and stuff. Whenever he goes up the mm-hmm. chimney, it's definitely pre eighties. I think it might it, be the Rankin and Bass things. Probably does um does uh, T- Tim the Tall Man Taylor do it when he goes up a chimney? Oh yeah, I watched all of those, the new ones. <laughs> oh, the series any good? The series, yeah, the Santa Clauses. It is one of the weirdest, weirdest things I've ever watched. They eat. <laughs> it's. Sit up. They're all like half an hour episodes, and some of them are the weirdest and most wild fucking TV I've ever seen. There's <laughs> one point when literally he meets every previous Santa, like including like Saint Nick and the Krampus, and like all these different like one of them arguing that I had the most difficult time, I had the Great Depression kind of thing, like because he enters into the Yuleverse. <laughs> This is like in the Masters of the Universe, like the new revelations when yeah. He Man dies and he meets all the other He Mans, like in this, like it's like that attorney in heaven. It's so weird. Is Martin so Short weird. in the the series or not? No. Then I'm not Sadly watching not. it. 
but um, my old friend comes back as Bernard the Elf. Oh, okay. Um, what's his name again? <laughs> I know who you mean. I know the actor. <laughs> David Crumholtz. Yes. That's it. David Crumholtz comes back as Bernard the Elf, and I was quite happy. Is, is Judge Reinhold in it? Actually, I don't think he is. Then I'm not watching it. That's I'm not. I don't think he is. He maybe has a cameo I've forgotten about. You um, you you it, wouldn't forget seeing the Reinhold, surely. <laughs> Good news though, it's it's got a season two. Oh, so maybe there's there's so maybe possible. maybe Martin Short would back. <laughs> fingers <laughs> and, crossed. Fingers crossed. And Worf, I think Worf is the sleepy man, Sandman. If I remember right. Oh yeah. Anyway. So, these kids um, see Santa Claus going up the chimney, then they go yeah. back to bed, and then the, the and younger bed, ones go, they, that wasn't really Santa Claus, he doesn't exist. And then the older one Yeah, goes, that was Dad. Yeah. yeah. And then the, the Which older is so one, weird how they show him coming down the chimney. Like, so, are we meant to believe that we're just remembering the younger child, like, who's Harry? And we're meant his, to be just watching his false memories of it, yeah. Of it, yeah. Or did the dad hide in the chimney and drop his feet down? But how did he pop back up? He he kind of went whoop, like. Yeah, good point. Unless he's got like a chin up bar in there that he's inserted. Yeah, and he, and he just, just pulled himself up. Yeah. I obviously I've thought about this too much. But anyway, um, so. But yeah, so he he argues with his brother whether it's Santa or not. So the younger kid creeps downstairs. The older kid creeps downstairs. I thought it was the younger kid. No, it's the older Harry's one. Harry's the younger they, kid. No, Harry's the older one. And uh, then he goes downstairs and then sees his mommy kissing Santa. Well, not. He, Santa's like caressing his mom's leg <laughs> yeah. very I intently. Say, I have to say, <laughs> I expected a Luda scene. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's... I'm not saying it's tame, but all he does is just caress the leg around the kind of the yeah, pantyhose so mom's, area. Mom's got a leg up with her uh, nylons on, um, and Santa's kneeling on the floor, kind of just caressing the bit where the stocking kind of meets her like bare leg for quite a long like, time. To be fair, it's almost quite like quite a long time <laughs> just doing that. And how they don't see the little boy looking at them on the the banister, I don't know. Again, maybe we're just seeing it from his impression. Yeah. Like, he he remembers this going on forever or something, and maybe he doesn't remember what exactly they were doing, because it's a bit kind of weird. That he, well, I mean, maybe Dad just has, like, a fetish for, like, stockings, and he's but, just very happy. But for all intents and purposes in this film, we're meant to believe this kid believes this is really Santa with his mom. Yes, so, with his mom, yeah. So she that, he he runs upstairs to the attic, has a snow globe, throws it on the floor then cuts his hand with a shard of the glass from the snow globe. Yeah. And then it cuts to present day. You better watch out. <laughs> That's what happens then. Yeah. Cuts to 1980, older version of Harry, waking up as Santa Claus. So this is what I don't get, is why is he obsessed with Santa Claus when he saw his mom cheating on his dad with Santa Claus? Why would... I think... I think... I think the idea is that he has this traumatized idea of Christmas, that Christmas was ruined for him and it it was used to be a nice, innocent thing for him. Yeah. And by bad actors, it, <laughs> it ruined his 
enjoyment of what he considered the most innocent and fun time of the year. So okay. he has then dedicated his life to making Christmas just innocent and fun. So okay, got you. I think that's what it is. <laughs> I've got you. Um, so yeah, but he, wait, and he's, his house is like, he's one of those annoying people that every single day is Christmas. Like, you do have these weird people who like are obsessed with Santa or love being Santa. Now, I'm not saying because you get people like my good friend Richard Howell, he's like been Santa for like Christmas, but for a job. It's not like it's like his lifelong dream to become Santa Claus. You do get yeah. these people though who like I think there's documentaries about them, isn't there? I think Mick Foley's they're even always, one of these people. They're always appearing on local news. And you think, ooh, there's something a bit I'm sorry. Mess. Yeah, there's always here. something a little bit depressing. Yeah. It's like Mick I, Foley thing is that uh, yeah, Mick Foley's obsessed with Santa. He even has that doesn't he have a documentary called I Am Santa or something? Yeah, it's like I kind of know someone who's a bit like this and it's I say Is it, it you? Bit, no, it's not me, I promise you it's not <laughs> me. And I find it a bit odd. But uh, yeah. <laughs> like you're the most Christmas obsessive person I know. Obsessive is is a strong word. I really enjoy Christmas. I wouldn't say I'm obsessed with it, but I, I do enjoy Christmas. Yeah, I, I meant the most. The I most. Know, not that right. you were. Yeah. Like. Um, but you, you don't get anywhere near this. No, I <laughs> so go out that kind of level obsession like. with my mates on Christmas and have a few drinks. That's the extent <laughs> of my Christmas. Yeah, but you you dedicate the month more to Christmas. I yeah, I mean, most. on my YouTube channel, I've done like I've done three. I may as yeah, well promote yeah. it. I've done three like Home Alone like Christmas themed episodes, and I when we used to do our superhero stuff, we did like a a superhero episode yeah. of our superhero thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, I do like Christmas. Not as much as um, this guy. Not as much as Harry. I don't sleep no. in a Santa outfit, and uh, not as much as Mick Foley, and uh, constantly mumble. Christmas songs under my breath. And, oh yeah, and but uh, yeah, we I've already mentioned this. He immediately, kind of reveals that he's like a like a Santa Gestapo, basically <laughs> spying on like the neighborhood children and reporting like who's been good and who's been bad um, for each year. And uh, and it's also revealed that he is. Uh, yeah, because we spoke about that. He goes up and he sees the kid looking at porn and runs back down and he writes in his book. like, And it's also revealed that he's now a manager at the toy factory and he's he's incredibly passionate about making toys. That's that's the thing that sets him apart from his co-workers what? is they take the piss out of him as how much he cares about making it, toys it, and he goes on about it all the time. It feels to me like he's one of these people who's fallen upwards. So, like, you know, when yeah. you stop doing the thing you really want to do, you end up getting paid more and you've got more, like, responsibilities, but you end up stop doing the actual thing you actually love doing. I mean, it's yeah. clear that he makes toys at home because he's kind of got loads of creepy fucking puppets and Yeah, and dolls you see him or... casting uh, toy soldiers later. Yeah, yeah, like tin toy soldiers. Yeah. Which I'm assuming is what he uses as his stabbing weapon. <laughs> like yeah. it's almost like sorry to keep going back to it but Batman when he's making his batarangs and stuff he's like kind of like cuz even you see him building his costume don't you at some point he's yeah. like yeah getting the bits of fur and stuff like that yeah yeah um he uh, what a waste a of a, a good rover at work as well which is important a guy tricks him into covering his shift at night uh, even though he's a manager I, yeah he i claims- didn't I, I couldn't work out how that 
I couldn't work out what was going on there, so please explain that to me. Yeah, a Just, guy says that uh, his wife wants to go away for Christmas or something. Yeah. Um, asks if anyone can cover his shift. Uh everyone like backs away and then basically he just calls harry up before he leaves and said oh i've sorted it that you covering my shift tonight because everyone told me that you missed this you missed like the kind of uh the factory floor and harry is such a pushover that he doesn't even object to it like which easily he could be like no (laughs) like very easily he could be like no i'm a manager um but he does he does it anyway and then I think he kind of thinks that he's doing this guy a favour as well and maybe yeah. ignores it. But after he's leaving and he's going home from work, he then... Um, he They're then the sees... easiest toys to assemble that I've ever seen in my life. They're literally like yeah, two pieces. Just, yeah. You put like a little thing in the end. That's it. <laughs> There's a really weird shot they do here when the camera's moving and the belt's moving and everything. And it looks like Harry's moving along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The conveyor yeah. belt. And, uh, it's a bit disconcerting. But yeah, um, on his way home, he sees this guy in the pub drinking with all his mates. And that's like the f- first little bit where he snaps and loses it. I love when he, at these early part of the film, when he loses it, he does this little silly run. Like, it reminds, um, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of, um, what's his name? Uh, Roger Moore in Bond, like the way he ran. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He does this funny little run up and down and I love it. Like, I love his silly little I'm annoyed run. Um quite quickly from this he goes into a bit of a rage doesn't he he's sitting at home and he's um he's humming to himself like a christmas song is it santa claus is coming to town i think so yeah and he snaps a doll in his hand yeah he's um, got like he's got like a doll's house that's kind of like set up with like some sort of scenario and he pulls one of them out and just breaks it and um the following day it's Thanksgiving. I should say, yeah, because it starts like in the holiday period. So the following day it's Thanksgiving, and instead of going to his brothers, which he always does, he cancels those plans and he watches the Macy's Day Parade at home and stuff like that on his own. And his brother's kind of really annoyed at his brother's behaviour, uh, Phil. Like, um, but uh, his wife's like, oh, he's he's always been a bit odd. Like, kind of leave him alone. Like. At that point, he starts, like, obsessing over the idea of the naughty list, I think. Um, he's walk- We talked about it a bit. He's walking home, and the kids seem to actually kind of like him. But he gets tr- he gets really... One of them jokes about, for Christmas, I want a subscription to Penthouse. And he's like, ah, and he runs home to, like, start scribbling all over the naughty list about this kid once that has impure thoughts and stuff. Um and at that point, he starts really started seeing. You see, Santa Moore as a judge for like immorality and mm-hmm. and someone and and almost someone who actively works not to, to almost to eliminate bad boys and girls. Really, I guess that's kind of what he starts like thinking his role in life is. Um, yeah. So we, this is when we um, which he starts seem- winning between houses and stuff like that. Well, which scene does he have? He goes to the office Christmas party and... Um, yeah, so it's coming, yeah. Is yeah, that now? Yeah, yeah. And so there's like well, a tea... first he does the weird thing with the face on the house. Is that before that? that? Right, yeah. okay. And then he goes to the Christmas party, yeah. Yeah, and then there's like a video screen, like with, I guess, the owner of the company, I'm guessing, kind of yes. talking the plan, yeah. like... The, you know, Jolly donate. Dreams is the company. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> donating, like, toys to, like, you know, the hospital or whatever but then you see like I guess the manager of the 
the toy company who runs the, who manages the actual operations of the business and then they've brought in a new guy i don't know what he's doing he's doing something does does yeah. he say then that oh we're actually not going to give the toys to the kids at the hospital because we don't know how many kids are there to give to or something like that and that that's yeah, what spurs it's... him on to break into the well not to break in but he goes into the factory and just takes all the toys it's a little convoluted what's yeah. going on but basically the com- the company owner announces that all the kids in the hospital are going to get um toys right. from the from the jolly whatever they're called yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> jolly dreams company and harry thinks it's a good thing because he thinks the kids should all be happy and have christmas presents then he meets the chief executive yeah who is um who introduces the new training executive um and they and, and the training executive is the one who came up with the, the donation scheme oh okay okay harry properly confronts him and says like i know you've said you're going to give all these presents to the the hospital but you didn't say how many presents you're going to give you didn't That's say it, yeah, when yeah, they're yeah, going to yeah. get give and you didn't say like what they're going to get and the training executive reveals that that it's actually dependent upon the staff making an overflow of Flow toys, of toys. Got you. and working longer hours and the overflow will then can go to the hospital and it doesn't matter how many they give if it's one toy or 10 toys it doesn't matter they don't care about how many kids need a toy just that they will donate something so it's like win-win for them basically yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's really pissed off that uh, oh i thought we we're doing a good thing for christmas and actually you're not you're doing a really selfish thing and that like we, that's another thing that kind of triggers him i think mm-hmm. and oh, um okay. at that point he then um because that that he that night he's when he's he, as you say he steals the toys from the factories and fills up bags with dirt from the Hudson <laughs> or something, and um, whilst then it's Christmas, it's not Christmas. Christmas Eve, it's like it's Christmas, Christmas Eve, Eve, and he's he's like gluing the beard to his face. Yeah, and it's like a really um, long scene of himself, and it's kind of like this is me now. So is what is he? He says something to himself in the mirror, doesn't he? Yeah, 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 something like that. It's like, you know, obviously this is the real me or something. I can't remember what exactly what he says. Yeah. And um so then he starts going on his like campaign almost. So he um he goes into his brother's home, delivers toys to his nephews. Mm-hmm. So he thinks his nephews are good. He then goes and delivers a bag full of dirt to the the bad boy. What <laughs> like, yeah, the one who read Penthouse. Yeah. yeah. Um, then he goes to the hospital where the security guard is really weird to him. He looked a bit like the guy from On the Buses. He did, he did, yeah. Um, he really kind of he gives him a real hard time, which just makes me laugh. Um, and he's like, no, no, I'm here to just donate gifts. And uh, when the staff at the hospital see, kind of he's when he's waiting for the staff to come out, it's like the full Santa kind of personality emerges. Well, because he he's practicing, kind of, he's like, he's Merry Christmas. Yeah. And he's like practicing He's going that. ho, 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 and Merry Christmas. And it starts snowing as well. And at that point, it's like his brain like, well, properly switches to just, I'm now Santa. Well, there's a scene earlier on where when he's like, when he's making his costume and that, he, he pushes like uh, pillows down his 
stomach oh, yeah, yeah, he's fat practicing belly. at home. Yeah. And then later on, you see him properly trying to do the jiggly, like, belly, doesn't he? When he's doing, like, the Bowl belly Bowl full laugh. of jelly. Yeah. Um. So, he... Um, is, is the next yeah, scene the, the Midnight the Mass scene? love him, which is really important, because he realises yeah. because the staff love him, he's Santa. And he won't say it's from, like, what company it is. He's just like, it's from Santa. <clears throat> so... After that, he, um, yeah, after that, he pulls up at Midnight Mass, you're right, and those, and the people coming out of Midnight Mass taunt him. I don't know if they know him or not. But hang on, at the Midnight Mass, isn't, like, the people who, like, his bosses, aren't they there as well? I think so. I think the people who come out of Midnight Mass know him, I think. They don't know it's him, though, I don't think. No. No. But I think... They are people we might have met already. I can't really remember. You, you de- and the behind them is definitely the um, is his bosses and that and the new guy yeah, that's yeah, that's there. Um, and whilst they're taking the piss out of him, he that's when he murders them with like yeah the toy soldier to the eye and a hatchet to the head. Kind but of the thing. hatchet he has like done like a candy cane like yeah, it's like a Christmas like, hatchet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and uh. And then he's kind of wandering the streets in like his like post murderous fugue state, and um, two guys, <laughs> yeah, two guys see him in the street and pull him into the um, and pull him into the uh, into the Christmas party. One of the guys that pulls him in is Hector Salamanca from Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Oh no way! <laughs> which is like I, I saw him meet. I was like, that's fucking Salamanca. Like, you know, the guy with the bell. And, uh, yeah, he pulls him into a Christmas party. And he's a, first, like, he's really awkward and weird. But actually, everyone kind of loves him again. Because he's Santa and he's jolly. Start and dancing. all the kids there love him as well. So, um, he kind of has a party with them, really. Like, he's dancing and cheering. And everyone's laughing at his, like, Santa impressions and stuff like that. And But then he does do a bit of a weird speech to the kids at the end yeah he's just basically just don't whatever you do don't be naughty don't otherwise be naughty. I have to leave a bag of dirt on your step <laughs> yeah. the only person um, who seems to have any like is, is this one woman who's like mm, there's something yeah, there's a cough about this mm, yeah. Santa that kind of looks With like this it. makeshift he's costume <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah like, um but the kids love. They all seem to love him there. And afterwards, even that after his speech, he kind of ends it with like a, like he kind of ends it with a joke, and everyone laughs, and it's all forgotten that he was a bit creepy at one point. Um, at what what point does he get? I think when then he gets... goes to Frank's home, yeah, which is the guy that stole his shift. And I think the scene of him trying to fit down the chimney to get into the house <laughs> is is remarkable. <laughs> he like he's cries old... doesn't he he cries yes. because he can't he gets stuck and he's like oh he's he either crying to... because he can't get down it like a santa claus would or he's crying because he can't get out i'm assuming he's crying yeah. because he can't get in it properly who knows it's, <laughs> it goes on for so long it's like these unbroken takes of him just getting like and he i think he's a bit unclear about what's happening at the start like suddenly realizing he's no longer trying to go down the chimney he's trying to kind of 
get out again, but he can't because he's stuck, you know, like, in the chimney itself. It's so fucking funny. Well, is it this house um, he's trying to get in through the basement, or is it this when he's got the ladders and he's, like, he's going to the side of the house? Well, that's, the yeah, the ladders, because yeah, he makes his way to the, the, the rooftop. He's just trying to get in somehow, and then he thinks, well, I'm Santa, I'll come in by the chimney. <laughs> the way he fumbles on that rooftop, you would have heard it in that house. You would have heard it's this insane. guy fall over. It goes on for so long. And it's really sad. That's what I mean. Like, It's not terrifying that he's trying to get in the house and kill them. It's sad that this guy spends so long trying to get down the chimney and <laughs> fails at it, Like, and he's upset about it. It's very very weird but he does get in the house eventually and he I guess he starts to try and he tries to kill Frank but he first tries to kill him by choking him with his present bags yeah pretty much. while his wife sleeps next to him and just totally yeah. oblivious to anything that's going on <laughs> and then he tries to um, hide a little bit behind the bag that he's like suffocating him with yeah so no one would notice him and yeah. then when that doesn't really work, he just then hatchets him to the head. <laughs> is it already a star that's on a tree next to him or something? Or is it one or is it like has he got some like ninja stars, but like Christmas stars in his That's a good point. I guess it must have been the Christmas star in the house. Yeah. I guess. He grabs it kind of does he just grab it out of like desperation because he's I think so. this and just so stabs him in the neck. Stabs him in the head with a Christmas star. But he also leaves toys for the kids still as well. Well, they haven't done anything wrong. I know, it's just, it's such a weird film. Um, then it's basically, he runs away with the, the wife screaming, and it cuts to Christmas morning then, doesn't it? And Harry's brother's really pissed off that he hasn't turned up for Christmas, like he always turns up. That's where you get his kids watching, like, Babes in Toyland and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and you find Harry kind of waking up at the back of his truck, like covered in, like just dishevelled and dirty, and looking a little bit like, uh, looking it's a little bit like a trading places. Uh, yes, yes, that's uh, what I was going to say. Yeah, Dan, Dan Aykroyd when he's got places, the, he's yeah. got like the salmon in his um, in his beard, and he's eating it out of the beard. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Such a good scene. Um, and uh. He, instead of going to his brother's house, he then goes to the assembly lines again and breaks all the toys because he's like, they're shit. I keep telling them these toys are shit. Like, they, they do such a bad job of them. Like, he's breaking them and he turns all the like the, the things on just to kind of crush them all. He's kind of like, there's a scene where he's standing on all the, like, the, 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 the run at the top, like, the, the stairwell at the, stop, at the top, kind of looking over his, like, empire almost like he's actually santa like judging the toys that can be given to i love how the gumball machines come out fully formed with the gumballs inside of it and the the glass dome already on it everything's already assembled it's like well you know those gumballs that are in those machines are not edible they've been sitting around a factory for 400 years true true um what happens then i guess like oh this is this is like your um your favourite character is on the news. Oh, the news now. reporter. This guy's hair yeah. is amazing. And his <laughs> moustache is even better. And the way he delivers the news, it's just so kind of like New York or like New Jersey, isn't it? It's like... It's so off-putting, <laughs> the way he delivers it. It's so weird. I can't... His, his speech patterns are so odd. and That's weird. It's very weird, this, the news reporter guy is. 
Uh, but he's yeah announcing there's a killer Santa on the loose, and we see the police are arresting like street Santas, um, and uh, the witnesses are like, "That's not him. Like his suit is like got brown fur on it. It's not nice and white." Um, later, Harry does eventually call his brother, and his brother has a go at him. So he starts driving over to his brother's house, and he gets stuck um, in the snow, where he kind of. He wanders out into a street that's beautifully decorated, like there's loads of lights and loads of like like snowmen and stuff. Like there's that. so many of those snowmen leading up to that. Yeah, around there. Yeah. Um, he meets a bunch of kids who recognise him as Santa, and he's being Santa to them. I think the but blonde then... girl is the one that he says looks pretty when he's on the walk at the oh, beginning. Yeah, and he has the photo of her. That makes sense. Um, but then the parents come round and they realise that he's the murder Santa. So, one of them goes to, like, gets, like, a flick knife out, and the girl, the kid, takes the <laughs> knife from him. Gives like, it gets to Gets in the way of the parents and stops, like, the parents from killing Santa and then gives Santa the, the knife, which is so weird. Santa then um, runs away and then a woman stabs him in the face with a brooch or something. Yeah. And then he gets into a scuffle with another parent and he stabs one of the other parents. Um, as as he kind of pulls a knife out, he realizes what he's done, and then he runs away. And then, eventually, a mob starts um, chasing him, like as you say, like Frankenstein with all yeah. They literally have torches. Like yeah, he goes to his brother's and, uh, house. Yes, and then his brother strangles him and think. Does he think he's killed him, or does he think he's just? No, I don't think so. Well, no. like basically, he goes to his brother's house and he tells him that like. You're the reason for this because of the childhood trauma that happened at the start of the film. And um, you're the one that told me that, like, Santa was actually dad or something. And the, the brother's like, you can't blame me for telling you Santa doesn't exist when we're kids. Like, yeah. that's that's a dumb thing to be angry about. Um, then Phil realises Santa's, you know, this Santa is the murder Santa. And, and they have a, they, he, like, chokes him. And, yeah, I don't know if he thinks he's dead or just unconscious. But he pushes him into like the front seat of the van. <laughs> um, Harry wakes up and it's the way he punches Phil. him. <laughs> he yeah, he knocks... punches him through the window, doesn't he? <laughs> like yeah, and as like yeah, it all kind of culminates with him driving off the bridge, and then the van's shown like flying towards the moon. <laughs> yeah, kind of... and that's the end of the film. <laughs> and that's the end of the film. I've done that very quickly, beat by beat, but but yeah, it's. I mean, it's it was just it wasn't the film I was expecting to be watching. If I'm perfectly honest, no. but I was pleasantly well, I don't know if pleasantly is, is the word, but I was surprised and I thought it was. I don't want to say I enjoyed it, but I thought it was. I'm glad I watched it. It was. It was a interesting watch. I definitely found it oddly enjoyable. I yeah, yeah. Like, it has a flow to it. It has a momentum to it. It has a weirdness to it. It um, does have a sense of humour, I think, in a very str- yeah, strange definitely. way. Um, it's, and as you say, it's like oddly camp as well. Yeah, and oddly I think trashy, oddly camp. It's trashy it knows because what it's doing. Like, you know, the acting's not the best from some of the you know the, no. the people in it, especially that news reporter who I actually love. <laughs> but I can't find his name. I can't find out who played the news reporter. Which is really sad, but um, it might not be. Yeah, but like, um, 
the actor the, uh, the actor who plays Harry is um, Brandon Maggart. Yeah, and he's famous because his two daughters, what two of his daughters, he's got seven children. One's called Maud, who's like an American cabaret singer, quite famous. And the other one is, do you know Fiona Apple? Yes. Yeah, that's his daughter. <laughs> but I don't that's think. Amazing. But I don't know if he's done much. No, else he's not himself. really worked much. No, he, he was in um, Dress to Kill. I think he was in Life of to Garp as well. Okay. But um, he's no, he's not really in anything. To be honest, it's this. This is this is his big role, as far as I can tell. I guess he worked on TV into the later than this as well. But in terms of movies, this was. One he looked like a day player on a lot of shows. Like he'd be in one episode. Yeah, or, I bet he was. There was a show called Brothers, and he was in 115 episodes of that. That was from 1984 to 1989. But a lot of things he was just in, like one episode of a show. Yeah, just a working actor, basically. Yeah, it looks like he hasn't worked though since like 2007. I guess that makes sense. But the guy who plays his brother, who because he's like probably ninety now, nearly that guy. Yeah. Um, but uh, the guy who plays his brother, who's Jeffrey Demun, he's about seventy-five, and he was he played Dale in the Walking Dead series. He was in the Majestic, uh, the Mist, Green Mile. Uh, was he in? Um, I don't know if he was in Shawshank, but he's definitely been in a lot of Frank Darabont. Yeah, he was in Shawshank. Yeah, he was also in like the X Files movie as well. I remember those eyebrows. Oh yeah, he was. Uh, he was one of the doctors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did quite a lot to be honest. Yeah, he um, looks like he's is, still working. There is also a cameo from someone else in this. Did you catch it? It's um, the mom of the bad kid uh, who goes to look at me in the bushes. Who's the mom then? Who is it? She is Patricia Richardson, who is the mum or the wife of Tim Allen in Home Improvement. No way. No way. <laughs> oh. so I thought that was a good Santa collection. Uh, there you connection. Go. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> no way. Oh. Oh. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> no, it's too late for this. <laughs> um, so, yeah, what would you give it out of five then? How many... How many Christmas How many... wreaths would you give it out of? Or Santa hats? I mean, I'm there with 3.5, maybe. 3.5, yeah. 3. 5, yeah. yeah, I think that sounds 5. right. I, like, yeah, I did honestly enjoy it. I can't quite describe it. I had quite a good time with it. It's not a fun movie, I think, but it kind of has something to it that makes it kind of fun to watch. Like, yeah, yeah. It's very, it's weirdly unique. Um... I think if you're watching it one thing, I want like my horror slasher. This isn't doing that. Um, but it's one of the more unique kind of Christmas movies I've watched. I think it's a good collection for us. I think it's been a good one. Yeah, we've definitely Christmas got a trilogy. Movies. I don't know. Can we go to it? Is there another one? Is there another bizarre Christmas film? Maybe we have to go to a proper slasher next time. There's know, plenty let's... of them. Odd, Chris- unconventional Christmas movies. <laughs> yeah. You've got Happiest Season. No idea. Die That's Hard. Good. I like Happiest Season a lot. I've not seen that one. Gremlins. Black Christmas. Carol. Seen Carol. Bad Santa. Batman Returns. Tangerine. What did we do? 
I'm just reading this on Google. We might have to dig a bit deeper, a little bit deeper. The problem is, it's you, and we have to find Christmas movies you haven't watched. <laughs> and to you've be watched honest, most of them. No, not really. I've only I've seen the most obvious ones. I reckon you just watch Santa Claus the movie the most times. What are you giving out? And what is your rating? What's your final thoughts before yeah, we wrap up this uh, Christmas pod? Three, three and a half, I think. We're in, we're in agreement. Yeah, I think it's solid. Yeah, it's fun. I, I don't well, know if I'd. I, keep, I don't like calling it fun. I just, but yeah. I don't know if I'd watch it again. I don't know. But yeah. I mean, Santa, at the beginning of the movie. Santa is definitely meant to be, like, going down on her, right? Yeah, but... It's not shown like that. And I struggle to understand why when this was definitely just going to get an R rating, why it was so weirdly shot. Whether or not there's some sort of laws that a child is watching it in the scene and that... Oh, God, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Even though the child wasn't probably even there watching that on set, maybe there's some things you can't, definitely can't show. <laughs> I don't know. I think you're stretching it. Am I? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, that was my final my final question. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, what are we going to be talking about when we come back next time? Um... We've already recorded um, it. M. Oh. M. <laughs> M. <laughs> yes, Ollie. Next time we come back, we're going to rec- be watching the... Start uh, that again. Do that again. <laughs> so so what are we going to be talking about when we, uh, when we properly start back up on the 1930s? Yeah, so when we come back to the podcast, we're going to be hitting our normal run of mini films. And as Ollie says, we're actually in the 1930s. We've released only one episode from the yeah. 1930s, but we are in our 1930s mini episodes. And we're going to be hitting the, the Fritz Lang's uh, M from 1931. I'm looking forward to that. And in no way have we not recorded that already. And I haven't <laughs> watched the film yet. So I have no idea what it's like and if I enjoyed it or not. I hope it's really good. I hope it's good. I hope it's good. I. Spoilers! It is. Um, it is. <laughs> it's really good. Um, so yeah, uh, thank you very much for listening. Hope you have a great Christmas and a and a really good New Year. Is that what you say? Do you say really good New Year? <laughs> no, we no. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> Merry New Year, as they say in trading places. Uh, Merry New Year and a happy Christmas. And uh, thanks there for what. <laughs> Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and uh, thank you very much for listening Uh, as we said before we're going to properly go back at this again now and uh, you'll probably get sick of hearing our voices but if you want to reach out to us we're on Twitter just uh, look up at Adjust Your Tracking that's with a YR not a your Uh, don't forget to rate, review and subscribe on whatever you listen to us on and yeah don't forget if the picture's bad always adjust your tracking (laughs) 